Welcome into a Saturday morning edition of the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Shaw. Today, we are talking the New York Knicks loss against the Denver Nuggets, Frank Nilakina's return, some cool moments from Mitchell Robinson, and mental health. That next on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Knox foul from behind. Count one. Fist What he does is contagious. Robinson with a catch and slam. Across the lane to Trier. Trier drives. Becomes infectious. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Shaw, uh, going solo on this uh, Saturday afternoon edition of the podcast. Uh, You might have noticed that I have only been on one episode this week, and uh, that was because I was going through a little bit of a health crisis. Uh, Basically, I've I've always been a, a pretty massive hypochondriac, and uh, but this seemed like a, uh, a pretty pretty real health scare. Um, went to a doctor, got some tests done. Uh, doctor was a little bit worried too. Uh, everything fortunately came back negative, so I am all good. Uh, though I, I do I do want to take this um, this first segment to talk about mental health a little bit. Um, and I also let me before I even say anything about it. First of all. I'm so, so far from an expert on any of this stuff. Second of all, and probably more importantly, this this is an NBA podcast, specifically a Knicks podcast. So if you want to skip straight to Knicks talk, um, that is 100% reasonable, and I won't begrudge you that. Uh, You can just skip to the start of the second segment, which, because I'm recording this in order, chronologically, I don't know when that begins, but um, hopefully, hopefully you can figure that out. But all that being said, I do think it's it's somewhat relevant with um, the talk of mental health issues around the NBA and Adam Silver saying it it's really it's become such a big issue with with his players and I don't know I mean for me in this case like it was mostly about it was mostly about health anxiety and spending this whole week thinking about dying and uh, which which obviously if for anyone I'm sure a lot of people have gone through similar stuff and probably due to a lot more concrete issues and a lot more immediately terrifying issues than, than I have. But I mean, but it's, it's obviously it's caused by a lot of different things. And some of them again are, I mean, both in the, in the health sphere and just in general life, just very, very practical and legitimate issues like paying your rent, getting a promotion, talking to a guy or girl that you like. I mean, there's, there's a million different variations of, of, of this stuff. And I don't know if I have a big overall point with any of this, but I guess, I guess all I want to say is, I mean, first, don't, don't be afraid to talk about it. Like I, I do think just, I mean, from an NBA perspective, it was a big step forward when guys like Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan came forward and, and put out um, players tribune pieces. And we're, we're very open about talking to the media about some of the anxiety issues they went through because I know 
I know with me, just just in the last week when I was really melting down and not like suicidal or anything, but just really, really having a very tough time. Um, really, my my parents, first of all, were, were both heroes and kind of proved just ex- extremely invaluable and in just talking to me whenever I needed it, being there for me, coming over whenever I needed it to talk for long periods of time. And then my friends were really always there over text. Uh, two of my best friends, uh, shout out to Matt and Josh. Uh, Josh, the host of Locked on Nets, though I don't believe either of them would ever listen to this podcast. Uh, they both um, came over last night, just hung out with me for a few hours, and that, that really helps more than anything else. So I guess uh, that's, that's sort of a two-way street. Um, if you're going through any type of issue, just try and be open about it and try and involve your friends. And if um, you know someone that's going through that kind of issue, it makes such an immense amount of difference. Um, if you're there for them and, and you're willing to talk to them, it really, really helps. And then, I don't know, I guess, I mean, that's that's really the sum of it. It just, just in general, and this is probably drawing too much away from from just a week, but it really does kind of make you zoom out and prioritize life. And I know with me, with um, being in sports journalism in in some capacity, it, it it's it kind of, and, and being on social media, you, you're constantly competing with other people, you're constantly arguing with other people, you're constantly trying to like sun other people to get more retweets, get more favorites. Like, and I know like we do it with the Knicks a whole lot and they're, they're sort of deserving of it. So it's not necessarily the best example, but I don't know. I guess my, my biggest takeaway is just a need to really relax in, in life as, as much as you can. And obviously, people have extenuating issues and socioeconomic and health-wise that make that a lot more difficult for some of you than others. But just spending as much time as you can with family and friends, eating right, um, getting out, just going for a nice walk occasionally. Just, I, I don't know. I guess, I, I guess just as much as you can being able to take weight off yourself is kind of is kind of my biggest takeaway from the last week and I've I mean I've had anxiety issues my whole life but I guess this this entire this entire last month or two or three has been really really tough on me um and this podcast has actually been a great um outlet and something that makes me feel good and something that I really enjoy doing uh, Alex, who I literally, I didn't even know before we started this podcast. He's, I mean, not that I've ever really talked to him, but any of this stuff, but great outlet. And he was a guy who was just, I mean, a, again, not someone who I, I really have a relationship with that's not professional at this point, but was just in a second willing to totally take up the mantle this week, put in a ton of extra work, not really ask for anything in return, uh, which was incredibly cool of him. And uh, yeah, I guess, I guess my... My concluding point would be um, be willing to talk about this stuff and just uh, try and try and be as nice to yourself as you can. Um, do things for yourself that, that make you feel good. Don't feel guilty about it. Don't harp on mistakes. Just kind of keep moving forward. Keep doing better. And uh, yeah, I hope I hope some of this was helpful to even a few of you. And I hopefully it didn't uh, permanently turn off too many of you as listeners and. Uh, best case scenario, those of you that I would have made to permanently stop uh, listening to this podcast by going on a mental health diatribe, uh, just skip to the start of the second segment. So with that, I'll wrap this up um, with a qualifier that if, if you ever want to reach out, uh, you can 
hit me up on Twitter. You can shoot me an email, uh, gavinshawl14 at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this. All right, uh, without further ado, let's, uh, let's talk about the Knicks. Welcome back in to Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Shaw. Uh, we are finally getting into some basketball talk. The Knicks uh, lost to the Denver Nuggets 111-93. to uh, It was a game that was, it felt like it was over in the first 10 minutes or so. It was like 9-7. to and or it was it might have been might have been no it was eleven to nine and then the Nuggets ripped off just a fifteen to zero run and that was pretty much it. The Nuggets in a lot of ways are one of the worst matchups for the Knicks because they just really didn't have any kind of answer for Nikola Jokic even though his final shooting numbers weren't that good. He was just eight for twenty from the field, did have seventeen rebounds and five assists, and it's just a team that I, I think tends to get exposed against both the highest level of competition in the East and the West. Like the Warriors run them every time they play. Uh, I, I really I didn't look up their records against like Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, Toronto, but I would assume it's not that good. I guess my, my big takeaway from Denver is I don't think they're great, but I, I think they're exactly the type of team that can build a great season based off just being super consistent against almost every crummy team they play, which is actually rare for a younger group like Denver is usually. I mean, when, when they're as good as they are, it, it's because they just have all this latent talent and they're occasionally knocking off the best in the league, but are kind of inconsistent against the crappier teams. But they're very um, Spurs like this year in the, in the sense that they just seem able to decimate uh, sub level competition, which our beloved Knicks certainly are this season. So you, you dominated by Nikola Jokic, um, who was just tearing the Knicks apart, both scoring and passing the basketball five assists to only one turnover. Paul Millsap didn't shoot the ball exceptionally well he was just three for 12 but still a really good game for him eight points nine rebounds four assists and I thought his defense was really good in the early going to give the Knicks much of a chance uh we can we can flip to the next side of things it's really all I had to say about Denver but I just I, I think they're they're an interesting team to me I, I love I'm, I'm always a big advocate of teams that are built around just one star and end up just having a ridiculous amount of balance throughout their roster and are really good that way versus just being very top-heavy, like um, like a Philly or a Golden State. So, yeah, I I enjoy them. All right, uh, on to the Knicks. Uh, my biggest takeaway from this one was our, our boy, uh, Frank Nilakina. He's, he's back. Frank played in his first game since January 27th against the Miami Heat. Um, and then has been dealing with that groin injury since. Uh, it was it was pretty much it, it was I don't know I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty good performance all things considered. He was just one for six from the field, made a three, uh, did only got to the free throw line once, um, which is not uh, outstanding in in twenty five minutes. But I, I did I did like the five assists and four rebounds, and I and despite the fact that he played a lot of his minutes um, with Emmanuel Mudiay. I, I thought he did. I thought he did um, a really good job of just being involved. And I know with Frank, I mean, this is the obviously forever debate, and and you can say this will just go on indefinitely with him. And if nothing changes, then he's just not going to ever be a significant NBA piece in terms of um, just describing his game as good when he plays good defense, has good passing numbers, has good rebounding numbers, but it's just atrocious shooting and scoring the basketball. And yeah, that's an ongoing issue. But this was his first game back, and for me, I was just looking for 
can we see the same flashes that we saw from him before he got hurt um, just in terms of activity? And that Miami Heat game, if you remember, he came out in the first quarter, got six points, four assists, just right off the bat was attacking the basket. And in this one, you could certainly make the argument he, he maybe settled a little bit too much, but I, I just, I, I did, I did really enjoy his aggressiveness and his, his first play on the court was a no look alley oop to Mitchell Robinson that Robinson missed, but I, I still, I really, I, I enjoyed the ambition and, and Frank, I think his first like three or four passes in the game were no looks. And I just, I want to see those two play more minutes together. I, I think we, we got a pretty clear understanding from last year where Frank was just so far and away at his best when Porzingis was on the court with him that his his greatest utility, I think, is as a pick-and-roll ball mover, and you, you put him with a dynamic rim-running center like Robinson. I, I do think just his sheer size and ability to see over defense and pick out where the defense is weakest once they get scrambling to try and help on Mitch rolling towards the basket, that that's going to be his his greatest skill offensively, and I do believe there will be a point down the road where he'll be able to leverage it into a little scoring for himself, which for him to be ultimately an effective NBA player is, is going to be a necessity. But yeah, I, I want to if I I guess if I have an ask for the Knicks down the stretch, I want to see those two get quite a lot of time together. As far as Mitch's game. Um, he, he just had two, two more just insane special, uh, Mitch plays where he had that one rebound over Plumlee where these are, these are just my favorite Knicks moments in this season where he just kind of extendo armed the ball over him and then went back up, basically jumped over Plumlee and laid it back in. They're, they're just those, those two, three moments when like every, every couple of games when he looks like a cartoon character are just great. And then, um, the block he had I can't remember who was over but he turned it into a run out into and I think he got he, he threw it to Kadeem Allen and then Kadeem Allen had this nice spin move sped up the court Robinson running with him lobbed to Robinson who just flushes it down and it was just again one of those one of those freakish two-way plays from a guy who's who's 20 years old that maybe four or five dudes in the NBA can make. I'm just, I'm so fascinated to see what the, what the next step for him is and, and where he's going next year. Like, is, is there a realm where he could use that quick jump ability in terms of post moves and maybe gets a quick catch and does a jump hook where he just kind of skies over someone? Or if you, if you watched old tape of, of Will Chamberlain and I, I don't know, I, I just, I don't know if Robinson will ever be physically strong enough to pull this off, but just a pivot into just like a finger roll literally over a guy's head. Like I, I just, there's just so much untapped there. And I'm, I'm curious to see where it is going forward. All right, with that, we'll take another break. We'll come back and uh, I'll give some a few final thoughts on this Knicks Nuggets game. Welcome back into Locked On Knicks. Going to finish uh, going rapid fire through the, uh, through the rest of the team. And uh, I'll, I'll say that with the qualifier that I, I didn't think there was all that much to take away from this one. Uh, Kevin Knox, uh, poor shooting game overall, very good shooting game uh, from three and from the free throw line, six of 16 from the field, three of eight from distance, four of five from the charity stripe for 19 points. Uh, As usual, didn't really do much of anything else um, outside of scoring, Uh, three rebounds, one assist, 
one steal. Uh, I think part of this game for him could be explained by the fact that he's coming off a 47-minute night um, against the Utah Jazz, a game in which he was excellent. And I, I think you saw the twofold effect of that. Uh, he was short on a lot of his jumpers. He's obviously just uh, a product of fatigue, and I don't think there's really too much else you can pin that on. Um, and I think you also saw some increased confidence from him, which is sort of the positive side of that. He, he was very proactive um, in terms of when he had room from shooting from behind the arc. And he, he did a lot of good uh, probing in this game. I mean, even in the fourth quarter, the, this play ended in a miss, but he, he had an open three for about a second. And then, and I, I guess this is a little contradictory to what I just said, where I, I kind of like him shooting open threes, but the fact of the matter was in this situation, he saw a better opportunity uh, spreading defense and, and sort of got into the lane purely on the merits of his length. Because as we know, he's not that explosive one-on-one -on -one right now, but still long enough that a crossover will give him some room. Got straight to the rack, missed a layup, easy cleanup for Mitchell Robinson because of how much attention he drew. All right, uh, other guys that were interesting in this one. Uh, there weren't a lot of them. Hizonia, mediocre. DeAndre Jordan, mediocre. Moutier, um, sure, good scoring game, 21 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. Just kind of functioning as about a below or average to slightly below average uh, replacement level guard. Uh, which is what the Knicks need out of him when they are so bereft of other options with Dennis Smith Jr. and Alonzo Trier both out. Uh, Damian Dotson, uh, not his night, two for nine, one for seven. Again, when he's carrying this kind of load, the shooting is going to come and go from him. Though I, I would, I'd love to get to a point where we see like three for seven from three, which is I, kind of a lot to ask for, but on a consistent basis versus... Uh, one for seven, and then six for twelve, and then two for six, and then one for five, and then another like great night where he's like seven of fourteen or something. Like I just, I'd, I'd love, I'd love some consistency from Dot. Though I understand at his age and on this team, that is a lot to ask for. Uh, yeah, and that was that was pretty much everyone that stood out. Kadeem Allen, uh, not his best night by any means, and by any means, one for seven. The Knicks shooting as a whole, kind of just atrociously bad. 34 of 90 from the field, 9 of 32 from beyond the arc. So, yeah, just kind of a kind of a frustrating night. But I do like how they played pretty even with Denver after falling down by a lot early on, though I do think part of that was the Nuggets turning down the intensity a little bit. And obviously I like, I like what we saw from uh, Mitch and uh, Frank to a point. All right, uh, that'll wrap up this abbreviated edition of Locked on Knicks. Again, I'd love for any of you to reach out about the stuff I talked about in segment one or anything Knicks-related. Uh, Alex will be back with us on Monday. Um, and, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. As always, guys, enjoy the rest of your weekend.